Well, this is our table talk night. We're trying to, trying to do this once a month, and there's a lot of reasons for this. One, I think it's easy to come to church and hear preaching all the time. You can come, and some guy's up there talking away, and you may like him, you may not. <laughs> um, but you, it's easy just to sit there and take something in. One of the things that we always must do is realize that the Scriptures tell us that we are to be students of the Scriptures. Study to show yourself approved workmen, one who is not ashamed, who rightly divides the Word of God. So we're always wanting the church to have more tools, have help, have discussions. Another thing is also Sunday morning, which is more of a preaching service, there isn't all the time where you can right in the middle of and some wild Portuguese up there preaching and you say, I got a question. That doesn't always happen on Sunday mornings. There's a reason because there's certain types of different worship, and that's a preaching uh, aspect that the Bible clearly speaks about. But sometimes we want to have where you can ask a question, say, I don't know what that means. Um, or or could, could we talk through that? And so this is that, that chance to sit at a table, hopefully think, is there a leader at every table? Somebody not have a leader, we're going to move someone there. Um, so that we can just have a discussion together uh, of what a text says. So I thought we'd take Genesis 18, it's our next text as we're kind of working our way uh, through the Old Testament. And look at this together. And there's a, there's a, I, I think I wrote eight questions down. I could wrote another 16, but our time is limited. Um, but what we want to do is just, there's just, your discussion leader wants to walk through this with you. And I'm going to move around. If you have any questions, um, raise your hand. I'll come over. Some of the bands filling in here, guys. If you can grab some of the, um, the more empty tables and help us fill in here. Um, ask a question if, if you want me to come by. But what we're trying to do is just look at this text, pull it apart, and try to see if we can see this whole setting, what it's about, what's happening in here. And then finally, well, does it have anything for me? At the end of the day, what do I do with this? Is it just head knowledge? How does this work? Is it God's sovereignty in this? So forth. So um, let's read the text, and then I'm going to turn it over to your discussion leader at your table, and, um, and we'll start working through this. So we're going to take the next half an hour for you guys, then we'll come back and we'll see what you learned. We'll shout out some answers of some of these questions we learned when we're done, okay? So follow along. Take a Bible. You got a Bible? Anybody got a, everybody got a Bible? Scoot next to somebody who does. We want to get your eyes on the Word as we read through this text together. And then we'll start our discussion at our tables. Chapter 18 of Genesis, verse 1. Now the Lord appeared to him in the, uh, by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent, the tent door in the, day, in the heat of the day. And when he lifted up his eyes, he looked, and behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, Lord... If now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the trees. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourself. And after that you may go on since you have visit, visited your servant. And they said, so do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly prepare three measures of fine flour needed to make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servants, and he hurried to prepare it. He took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and placed it before them, and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. And then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, There, in the tent. And he said, I will surely return to you at this time next year, and behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. 
And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being, being old also? And Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At, that, at, the point, at the appointed time, I will return to you. At this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. These, then the men arose from there and looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham was walking with them to send them off. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken upon him. And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see if, there have, if they have done in, entirely according to its outcry, which has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom, while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city, Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you, shall you not judge all of the earth and deal, just, all of the earth deal justly? So the Lord said, If I find in Solomon 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abraham replied, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes. Suppose fifty righteous are lacking five. Will you destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy if, it, if, it, it, if I find forty-five. Verse 29, then, then he spoke to him again, saying, Suppose forty are found there. And he said, I do I, I, I will not do it according to the 40. Verse 30, then he said, Oh, may the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak. Suppose 30 are found. And he said, I will not do it, it if there was 30 there. And he said, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of 20. Then he said, Oh, my Lord, be not angry, and I shall speak only this once. Suppose ten are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on the account of ten. And as soon as he had finished speaking, Abraham the Lord departed, and Abraham returned to his place. Now, what a great story here. Um, and, and of course, we've been watching everything working towards the coming of a Messiah. And, and, and yet, here's this couple has been promised for years that they're going to have a son, and we know that this son will lead to another son and to another son, and eventually to King David and eventually to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've seen Abraham offer um, the, the servant of Eliezer, and he said, well, you know, a servant in one's house, 
is as good as his heir, so let's try that God, right? And God said no. And then he came back and he said, well, boy, we're still not having children here. How about Ishmael? Let's go with him. And God says, no, it will be one born in your own house. And so that's the context that lays. And now they're camped outside of Sodom and Gomorrah in the, in the oaks of Mamre here. And these individuals appear. Okay, so there's a context. In your group, now start answering these questions. Get in some discussions. You need to look at all of them. Your answer is going to come from several verses throughout there as you look through that. And then put your thoughts down. Make sure somebody writes them down in your group here. And then after about a half an hour or so, I'll come back and we'll, we'll get some of those answers, okay? All right, group leaders, you take it. Why don't, Brent, why don't you and your daughter slide over there? I'll jump in with that group, with Dave's group, so you guys aren't by yourself. If any other smaller groups want to hitchhike into other people, that'd be great. All right, how many need another hour with this text? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, isn't it fun to get into a text like this and start tearing it apart a little bit? Or We're, we're really out of time here uh, to go much of a discussion, but let me just ask a couple of questions that I think um, we want to go away with. L let's just jump to the bottom one, because I know you had a lot of good discussions there, but what is this lesson today, what's it do to do for you tomorrow? How would I apply this? Somebody, somebody from your group, tell us what you, what you realize how this would work tomorrow. What does this have to do with tomorrow? Somebody be brave. Hayward, thank you. Yeah. Abraham didn't know the time and the place when that would happen. As a matter of fact, Sarah laughed and Sarah promised that would be given to her and that she would eat. But yet, God accomplishes things in our pocket. Mm. It's good to just know that in our salvation, in um, discipling or ministering to other people, trying to share the gospel with them, God's plans are always going to be faithful no matter what. We don't know the time, the place, the hour, no matter what it is, but it's good to know that God is sovereign mm. and He's going to accomplish His, his perfect plans. Amen. Amen. We can trust Him. Somebody else? Yeah, Jim. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but it gets down to the point, probably even one, if he, he kept on going. Yeah. And that's the way we should be in life. We, we should be able to have that feeling that we want to pluck that one righteous from right. all the other unrighteous. Doubtlessly, um, we were talk talking in our group here, doubtlessly, Lot, Abraham knew that Lot had a family. And maybe it was smaller than Abraham's. We know that Abraham put 314 guys together in chapter 14 to go take on all those kings. But he probably knew Lot had a large family. So maybe he started with 50 trying to care for them. Do you not pray for your family that's lost this way? Would you not barter, try to work with God and say, God, would you save my family? And yet God says, do you notice the two angels are already gone? They're already headed to go do the will of God. But here's, here's the, probably the pre-incarnate Christ hanging around, right? Okay, let's talk. I love you, Abraham. What do you want? 
Well, if there's 50, would you spare? Absolutely. This is a sovereign God that knows there's only three that are going to get out of there. Right? Lot and his two daughters. And yet he allows Abraham to keep coming at him. I mean, the Hebrew is really good. Brian and I have talked about this. There's almost when a couple of those scenes where Abraham's going, Lord, I'm but dust, but I'm, I'm going to go a little farther with you. Don't nail me. I'm, I'm going to try to go a little farther with you. How about 40? How about 30? He keeps working down. And the Lord says, right? If there's 30, we'll do it. Mike. Amen. Amen. And he, and he says, well, is, is, is anything too impossible? The laughter, we talked about the laughter. There's, um, in chapter 17, verse 17, Abraham laughs. In chapter 18, verse 12, I think it is, Sarah laughs. Same, same Hebrew word there, but it lies within a context and a setting of, of a syntactical structure where Sarah's is almost a mocking laugh. Like God You've robbed this pleasure for me from 70 some odd years to have a child. Now you're saying this when there's impossible? And yet, 1 Peter chapter 3 marks Sarah as a godly, holy woman of old for an example for all New Testament believers to follow, women. And so there's this graciousness of God with her. He's entreating her into the, where is Sarah? He knows where she's at. He's right behind the wall of the tent, probably with a bunch of other maids that are helping her cook. And he's bringing her in, bringing them into this conversation, knowing that their, fee, their faith can be wake, uh, weak at times. And so you see God there. And, and the application of this is you and I tomorrow are going to get up and you could have a flat tire on the way to work. You could get that phone call where somebody's in the hospital or dying or something happening. Are you going to trust God through it? When you can't see it, I think that's what Hayward's group was leaning toward. He makes promises and he's going to keep them, but he is gracious along the way as he does it. And so, what a fun text, right? And you didn't get enough time, did you? You could have taken another hour digging around on that text. That's what we get to do. That's what we have the privilege as, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the Word of God, this bottomless book to study and to dig into it and understand our God and apply it to our lives. And so this is why we study. And, and this is all set up to help you have confidence in the Word of God. So whenever your time tomorrow, when you have your quiet time at lunchtime while you're on the job and you read, start thinking about some of the settings. What scene is happening here? Who's involved in it? What's God doing here? What is this gonna, what's this going to look like in my life? Approach the Word of God that way. Be a good student of it. Handle it well. And God will teach you great things about Himself. Amen? All right. Well, continue to look at that text and maybe take those things home and work on them on your study time and, and enjoy those. We'll do this once a month. And some people get scared of this because they may be, oh, I don't want to get in a group. Encourage them to come, okay? And we're not going to do this every week, but we're getting used to getting together in smaller groups and talking and learning together, okay? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for letting us gather tonight. And let us handle your word, Lord. 
Lord, there are many believers in this room that you have put your spirit in and you have given them an understanding of your word. Though most of the word, the world looks at the word of God and uh, disdains it, doesn't want anything to do with it, we look at it and we see your greatness. We see your promises that you make. We see you put up with sinners that are just but dust. And you lovingly engage with us but you still carry out your perfect plan because you're God. And you have given us a relationship through Jesus Christ, your son. He bore our sins so we could study here tonight, so we could know you, and we can anticipate living for you tomorrow and in someday being in your presence forever, Lord. So, Father, bless our time tonight. May it have encouraged our hearts. May we all be students, ones who rightly divide the word of God. I pray this all in Jesus' name.